So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Welcome to the David Spizak Show. Thank you for taking the time to join me. I think you're going to love this episode, not because of me necessarily, um, but I'm going to endeavor to do my best to entertain you and also to provide you some significant value. I think you're going to enjoy this episode because I'm going to be talking about probably the most spoken about person on the face of the earth, and that's Elon Musk. I was inspired and motivated to do this particular episode at this time because Walter Isaacson, in fact, I'm holding in my hands right now more than 600 pages of this biography by Walter Isaacson of the one and only Elon Musk. Now, before I kind of jump in to this in detail, um, and I'm not actually going to be reviewing the book today because I haven't even read this entire book, but um Elon is one of those guys that he's just, he's a multi-generational genius, in my opinion, a multi-generational talent, a multi-generational entrepreneur, and he's very polarizing. So people either love him or they hate him. He's oftentimes, I believe, misunderstood. Here's a guy who's the richest or one of the richest people on the globe, and yet he doesn't believe in owning assets. He doesn't own a house. He lives in a tiny home on SpaceX property, approximately 40 minutes from the nearest human. And he's doing that to be able to test his resolve, prove to himself that he can, in fact, live on Mars. Now, I'm going to pause there for a second. So you got to believe that 99.9% of humanity is having a hard time believing that we could even fly to Mars. I mean, consider the fact that it would take six months approximately just to fly to Mars then you'd have to set up shop and you'd have to figure out how you're going to exist on such an unfriendly planet in terms of its resources. Now, here's a guy, though, who is, that's not even a question in his mind. The only question in his mind is, do I have the resolve long-term to be able to live in isolation six months journey away from Earth actually technically six months from the moon, which is three days journey, separate journey to the earth. But can I do that? And so he's constantly testing himself by living in isolation in a tiny home that is a prefabricated home that he believes that he could build on his own once he lands on Mars. I mean, this guy is just different. We all know that. But I want to take a few minutes just to kind of take you through uh, a history of Elon because I think that it says a lot about one or two of his specific characteristics. And then from there, I want to go through a number of his specific characteristics that really make him unique, make him differentiated from most people on earth. But here's the beautiful part. The beautiful part is pretty much every one of us has at least one, and in many cases, multiple of his characteristics. All of us have the ability to learn from his other characteristics, his other personality traits. Those can be developed. 
Um, those can be learned oftentimes, uh, some easier than others, uh, noted. But I believe that there are traits, there are things about Elon in terms of leadership, in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of his approach to solving problems that any one of us can bring into our lives to help us achieve more results, better results than we currently are achieving today. So, but let me start with this because he's such an interesting story. Most of you uh, may know um, that Elon was not born here. He came to this country. He was born in South Africa. Uh, Some of you may know that he had some real struggles with his father. He doesn't typically like to talk about it, but it has come out over time that his father was mentally, physically, emotionally abusive to him. And that definitely laid an imprint on him. Many of you probably know that he ended up spending time with his mom. His father, by the way, never wanted him to move to the United States. He thought that was a a poor decision. Elon really wanted to make that happen. And of course, he ultimately did. They made it to Canada and then to the U.S., And overall, Elon Musk's success can be attributed to a combination of factors, including his extremely high level of intelligence, his determination, his dogged persistence, and his innovative ideas. His Asperger's probably also played a role in shaping his perspective and his approach to problem solving and likely contributed to his success in certain areas. And it's really interesting to note that while many of us may have seen Asperger's as something that would be a hindrance to one's success or being able to achieve anything, certainly in Elon's case, and I think there's other cases as well, um, where Asperger's actually helped him in terms of having resolve and helped him in terms of seeing things differently. And, And even though it certainly impacted the way that he sees humans, he doesn't seem to have normal levels of empathy, Um, It was that same Asperger's that seemed to allow him to have the distance, be able to go after things that most people think are frankly unimaginable. Now, if we were to rewind the clock, back in 1995, Elon applied for a job at Netscape, and he got rejected. Now, interestingly, and I didn't even know this back at the time, but back exactly around that same period of time, 1994, 1995, I sold Mark Andreessen his first car. Um, our dealership, uh, Smythe European Mercedes-Benz in San Jose, a young Mark Andreessen wandered in and my salesperson, Don Oster, uh, took him as an up and um, walked him around. He did what he should do, even though this guy was in his young 20s, maybe 22, 23. He took him around and he learned that Mark wanted to buy um, an S. 600 coupe, most expensive vehicle that we had on the lot. And a lot of salespeople would have looked at somebody at that age, especially the way that Mark was dressed very casually um, and said, man, you can't afford this car. But to Don's credit, the consummate professional, one of the best salespeople I ever had the opportunity to work around, he, he went about um, doing his work of uh, showing Mark that car. And we sold him that car, um, and it was super interesting because literally within an hour after we did deliver that car to to Mark Andreessen, um, it just so happened there was a Time magazine or a Newsweek 
in our uh, customer waiting room. And he was, lo and behold, it was Mark on the cover of that magazine because he had just sold Netscape. Now, Elon, meanwhile, uh, who many would consider possibly uh, the greatest genius of our times, was rejected for a job, couldn't even get a job there. One year later in 1996, when he created his own company called Zip2, he was forced out of his CEO position. So 95, couldn't get a job at Netscape. 96, gets blown out of his own company that he started. In 1998, it was a struggle to try to make PayPal succeed. We all know how that worked out. In 1999, he almost died when he crashed his million-dollar McLaren F1. In 2000, he decided to do something that he rarely does, and I don't think he ever has done since this period of time, but he decided to take uh, a honeymoon, a vacation, and while he was on his honeymoon, he was kicked out of PayPal. I believe Peter Thiel was the one who was behind that particular effort, but I can't be sure. Um, You could check me on that. In the year 2000, he ended up getting sick with malaria. In 2001, he tried to uh, get Russia to sell him a rocket when he was wanting to start SpaceX. They refused to do so. In 2006, five years later, after deciding I'm going to go about it on my own, the first SpaceX rocket did finally launch and it failed. In 2007, he came back and try again with SpaceX to launch a rocket. And again, it failed. In 2008, he was able to come back again for the third attempt. Third time's a charm, right? Nope. This time it failed, and this one had NASA satellites on board during that failure. In 2009, Tesla almost went bankrupt. You may not know this, but there was a period of time, I believe it was in 2008, when he was forced to put up his own money in order to prop up SpaceX, SolarCity, and Tesla at the same time. His investors with Tesla had basically said, hey, no more money, we're out. We're, we're losing faith that this is going to work. And he had to put up the money to keep that thing going. In the process, uh, Tesla almost went bankrupt. And he personally, at that around that same period of time, nearly went uh, bankrupt. In 2013, his first rocket landing failed. So it launched, the launch worked, but the landing failed. In 2014, several Tesla Model S's caught on fire. Now, this is just a couple years after uh, he had uh, started selling his vehicles. Now, if you think about it, Fisker had vehicles that also caught on fire. It ultimately led to the demise of the initial version of Fisker. Of course, Fisker 2.0 is back out there in the marketplace trying it again. But for most companies, that would have led to their their, uh, ultimate demise. It didn't with Tesla. In 2015... Four of his rocket landings failed. In 2016, he had to announce that the Model X was going to be delayed for over a year. In 2016, a $300 million Facebook satellite rocket launch exploded. So this guy, time and time and time and time again, has failed. And time and time again, he continues to keep going forward. In 2018, he actually broke the internet when he took a puff of cannabis 
on a live show. In 2018, the SEC filed a lawsuit against him for remarks that he was making. I believe it was via Twitter, and that was um, quite foreboding. In 2019, the Model 3, which is now one of the best-selling EVs uh, only behind his Model Y, were delayed. And in 2020, Tesla stock became the most shorted stock in history. So to say that this guy has had headwinds, failures, obstacles, is a severe understatement. But every one of those obstacles and rejections and failures were up against somebody, the type of person that you rarely see. And because he's been such a force of nature, each and every one of those times, he managed to persevere, push through with that famous dogged persistence that he has. And with complete clarity and utter confidence, he continued to move towards what his ultimate goal was. Now, as we stand here today, this is a guy who Tesla is uh, heading towards a trillion dollar valuation, right? SpaceX uh, is another company that is a uh, unicorn, 10 figure unicorn. Um, then he has the boring company, which is yet to achieve its ultimate uh, goals at this point. Um, Solar City was acquired by Tesla um, and has been successful. PayPal, obviously incredibly successful. So this guy has managed to do something that nobody has ever really done before. And what's really incredible is after all of this, he's not done yet, not even close. So I'm excited to read this book by Walter Isaacson because I did read Walter's biography of Steve Jobs. As a Steve Jobs fan, I was excited to read that, and he did an incredible job. In this case, Elon essentially let Walter shadow him for two years, so he had unprecedented access to the one and only Elon Musk. But what I want to do for the remainder of this particular episode is I really want to focus on things that I believe make Elon decisively different. What makes him unique? And what gives him the ability to keep um, pursuing these goals that most would consider unimaginable, but in each and every case, he considers them doable. He has the ability to look at things that most people would see as ridiculous and to see them as being completely plausible, possible, and ultimately doable. So let's talk about that. Number one, he is known for being extremely decisive. When he makes a plan, when he comes up with a concept, when he comes to the point of time that he believes he can do something, he takes immediate and decisive action. Now ask yourself, do we do the same? How many times, they say that the typical person has at least two ideas every year of their adult life that can make them wealthy, that can make them achieve all of their life dreams, their life's goals. And yet, the vast, vast majority of humanity never pursues, never, never pursues an, even a single one of those ideas. When he has that type of idea, with that type of clarity, he pursues it that fast. And he does it with complete conviction. Number two, 
it is said, it has been noted, he has got an absolutely insane work ethic. Now, some people think this is irrational. Some people think it's unreasonable. Some people think, hey, this guy lacks balance. Well, I guarantee you, if any one of us spoke to Elon, he has complete balance in his life. He's just balancing differently, right? And different than we see things. But when you consider the fact that his outcome in terms of his results, the companies he's created, the wealth he's created, the jobs he's created, it would be hard to argue that his thinking is wrong. That doesn't mean that his view of the world or his approach to quote unquote work-life balance, which is more like work, different work balance for Elon is right for everybody. It certainly is not. But for those of you out there that really have a passion, a conviction that have the drive, the work ethic to pursue their dream. For those of you whose work feels like play and their play feels like work, then your work balance, your work-life balance should look different and you should be unapologetic about it. We don't have to fit into everybody's or society's conventional approaches or beliefs in what things should look like. Everybody has the right to pursue their dreams, their objectives in their way. Um, so this insane work ethic allows him, if you think about it, and, and this takes shape in multiple forms, not just in the hours he works, but in terms of also the focus that he applies, which in turn mathematically allows him to get significantly greater throughput, meaning you could have this person working eight hours a day, this person's working eight hours a day, but these two people may have completely different levels of focus. If the second person has twice the focus, they're going to get twice the throughput. So think about that. If you're Elon and you're working twice the hours of a normal person applying two or three times the focus, you're getting the work done in one lifetime it would take most to do in four. That's mind-boggling. Third thing, he has what you could only describe as unimaginable or futuristic or unreasonable goals. Now, many of us were taught to set reasonable goals. Why? Well, because much more likely we're going to hit our reasonable goals and that's going to help build up our self-esteem and our self-confidence and on and on and on. But think about this. I'm of the opinion that our dreams, our goals should be audacious. They should be anything but reasonable. For the simple reason being that achieving a reasonable goal doesn't seem to have any glory in it. For example, if you set out to run a 20-minute mile, <clears throat> considering the fact that an average human can walk a mile in 20 minutes, seems like a very reasonable goal. Is it going to get you motivated? No. Something you're going to celebrate? No. Is that really going to increase your self-esteem? No. But what if your goal was to run a five-minute mile and you achieved 80 or 90% of that goal, I would assert that you're going to feel far better about your results. You're going to feel far better about yourself. You're going to feel, I think, more invigorated and more excited and, frankly, more likely to go try again and again until you achieve that or until or at least you achieved a better result. So... Having these futuristic goals 
is allowing you to have a vision to see so far beyond what exists today. And you think about it, everything that Elon does, he's a category creator. He's literally creating industries. Steve Jobs was this way. He didn't just create a phone. He created a whole new way of approaching computing, object-oriented computing. He created a new way to listen to music, a new way to get access to books, a new way to buy apps, a new way. He literally created and impacted seven different industries, not just one. Steve, I could tell you from personal experience, from him being a client of ours for years and years, the dude was anything but personable. And in fact, he was incredibly difficult to deal with and at times obstinate, rude, arrogant, all of the above. But the guy, again, was a transformational figure in business. He was a multi-generational genius. There's just no question. And it seems like whenever we see these types of individuals pop up in our existence, they are oftentimes hard to understand. We can't wrap our brains around how they think and why they do what they do. But that's okay. We're equally fortunate that they come into existence and we're equally fortunate that we're not surrounded with every other person in the world being that way because I think life would be quite unlivable um, if that was the case. Imagine if everybody that you knew had the traits of Elon Musk, that would be probably a tough existence. Now, the next thing that made him different was in each and every case, his mission that he sets in his mind, he has complete and utter clarity. He knows that mission cold, and he knows precisely what he wants to have happen, how he wants it to happen. Most of us are just not that lucky. In fact, so much so that it often makes the most sense to pursue our goals, our visions, and our dreams, even if we don't know how to get there. Because the most important thing is just to start. Why? Because most people, frankly, don't. But in Elon's case, he's fortunate. He's been able to develop the ability, or maybe he just has this innate ability, to be able to always have the the vision crystallized fully. Complete clarity. And by doing so, he's far less likely to have hiccups, to make mistakes. But more importantly, if there are mistakes, if there are setbacks, he's so clear on the fact that it's possible, it's doable, in fact, it's a must, that it's oftentimes what seems to be the thing that keeps him driving forward when most people would have given up. You know, uh, Sir James Dyson of Dyson vacuum fame, fame, you know, it was said that it took him, I believe, approximately 15 years to figure out how to create a vacuum without a bag. 15 years. It took him, I believe, over 15,000 attempts. And most people, you know, Einstein, 10,000 attempts for the light bulb. Um, Colonel Sanders, well, he doesn't sound like he should be in the same conversation as Uh, James Dyson and Elon and Einstein, but the guy was rejected over a thousand times. The point is the power of relentlessness, the power of persistence, 
the power of never giving up. I don't believe that's even possible unless we do have complete clarity of what we're pursuing. So I do think that's a very important differentiator with Elon. The next thing, he has what's referred to as dynamic optimism. So he has optimism, not just plain vanilla, hey, I think this is going to be successful, but he has optimism that's rooted in in fundamental beliefs or fundamental facts, but also optimism that that is dynamic means that it can shift based on circumstances. So whether those circumstances are shifting, as long as he believes in his mind that there is a reasonable probability, not guarantee, but probability that he can pursue and achieve something, he is going to have that optimism front and center at all times. Now, the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs I found is they have something else. They have irrational optimism. That's different. Irrational optimism is optimism without basis, i.e. that could be construed as being delusion, right? There's not much of a difference between irrational optimism and delusional. So you could be delusional about your chances of achieving something, I'm not saying you should give up. Many people may assert, hey, you're delusional, but you may see things that the others don't. And if that's the case, much like Elon, go ahead and pursue it. I've just come to the realization that many people have this irrational optimism without a foundation, without a foundation of the clarity of what needs to happen, without a foundation of that insane work ethic, the drive, the commitment, the discipline the passion, um, the relentlessness that's needed to be coupled because that irrational optimism without those other components in my brain is strictly delusion. Next, he has priorities, decisive, definitive priorities. And not only does he understand those priorities, he lives by those priorities. He seems to live in every of his life based on those priorities. Many of us just can't say the same, or maybe we could say it this week, maybe today, maybe this month. But this is an individual that can do this day in and day out. And that makes him like very few people on this. The next thing beyond that, he is always in pursuit of solving not just problems, but the bigger problems, sometimes the biggest problems. And you look at Neuralink, and he created a way to take technology and to be able to literally embed it inside the brain of patients so that they can achieve certain outcomes, you know, maybe moving an object or whatever it might be, adjusting a thermostat, just by thinking about it. They don't have to be able to move knob. They don't have to put their lips on some device that's going to cause uh, typing to happen. I mean, that's clearly in most people's minds, the unimaginable. That's a huge problem that he tackled. When he looks at the boring company, he's looking at, Hey, there is no way to solve for X. If X is the congestion that exists in metro areas, you know, I can either go above land, well, that's not reasonable in terms of cost and in terms of uh, making it broad access to the public. 
I can't do anything when it comes to the highways. What am I going to do? Put a second level on every highway, like Highway 5 from Northern California down to L.A.? That's not going to happen. High-speed trains, <clears throat> that doesn't do it. What if I bore underground and I create the highest-speed <clears throat> transportation system that would allow somebody to go from point A to point B in a fraction of the time because there are no stops. There is no traffic. There is no congestion. When you look at SpaceX, he took on something NASA couldn't do. Can you imagine? Tesla, EVs, they're not viable. They're not compelling. They're not exciting enough. People, the, the audience out there, potential buyers, they won't, they won't respond to them. They won't adapt. And yet, they sold 2 million units last year. And yet, if you look at Tesla, Tesla already is not only the largest luxury manufacturer in the world, but they're also bigger than a very significant number of manufacturers that have been out there for decades. So you look at companies like Jaguar, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Mini Cooper, uh, Infinity, and others, he's already selling more cars than a lot of them. I was looking at the state of Hawaii, eight, I think it's, uh, let me see here, 13.5% of the vehicles sold in Hawaii are Teslas. It's incredible. So when you look at the United States, um, they represent about four, I think it's 4.3%. And he's 60 plus percent of the EV market. So this guy takes on huge problems. You know, we all learned if we're in business, if we're entrepreneurs, if you solve a consumer's problem, your business will win. What if you could solve the big problems, the audacious issues or problems that consumers are having, well, you're going to win even bigger. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, that's why he is one of the richest people on planet Earth. Next thing is that he believes always the unimaginable is doable. Do you remember when you were a kid, or for those of you that have kids, three years old, four years old, five years old, and they say, why, 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 why? You can't do that. Why? You can't go here. Why? You can't be, why? They just have this again, this dogged persistence. They cannot, they literally can't understand. Prove to me. Imagine if your four-year-old said why and you told them and they said prove it who said that well one of the things that one of my clients who's currently reading this book uh, mentioned to me uh, the new biography is when somebody said that he couldn't do something at SpaceX he said why not and they said uh, NASA says that's not possible who at NASA said that I want to know who. I want to call them and have them prove to me why it's not possible. What would your business look like if you and all of your associates asked that question? Hey, can we double our profit? Why not? Hey, can we sell three or four used cars for every new car? No. Why not? Can we have both market share and profitability? Why not? Can we get customers in and out of purchasing a car in less than an hour? 
or even 30 minutes. Why not? No, you can't do that. Why not? Show me the proof. Imagine if you took that kind of approach in your business, whether you're a car dealer, real estate agent, you can't sell 20 houses a month. Why not? Who said? Who said? Who said there's a limitation? Who said I can only do five a month or eight a month? Who said? What would happen in our kids' lives if we were able to teach them just that one thing that Elon had? Because there's going to be times that their teachers, like our teachers, are going to say, you can't do that. You're not smart enough. You're not advanced enough. You don't understand enough. They're going to have an impact, a negative impact, potentially on our kids' belief system, on their confidence, on their conviction. But what if we teach our kids to very diplomatically, very respectfully, say, why not? Where's the proof that I can't do that? Just because nobody has doesn't mean that nobody can't. So keep those things in mind. Keep each one of these differentiators, these unique traits that Elon has, unique because they come together in such an incredible way that allows him to do what Elon does. But don't ever forget that if I take that list from top to bottom, are you decisive and can you be more decisive? Yes. Do you have a great work ethic? Yes. Can it be better? Yes. What about your goals? Can they become more audacious? Yes. Can you take the time to really understand your mission, your objectives clearly? Yes. What about your optimism? Can anybody move from irrational optimism to rational optimism to dynamic optimism? Yes, absolutely. How about your priorities? Living consistent with your priorities. That's called living a congruent life where you're living an existence that's consistent with your beliefs, your dominant beliefs. Yes. Is it possible that you can move from focusing on solving everyday problems to bigger problems to the biggest problems. And frankly, if you don't have all the answers to those biggest problems, it's okay. Somebody does. That's the power of networking. That's the power of meeting new people. And what about believing that the unimaginable is doable? We'll never forget, and I'll leave you with this. It's only unimaginable in our own minds based on the mindset that we currently have. But the moment that we believe it's doable, it actually becomes possible. And from that point forward, it's a matter of execution. So I really want to thank you again for taking the time to spend with me as I share with you things that you could tell I'm fascinated by, interested in, and... He just happens to be one of those figures, as I said, polarizing, absolutely. But he is one of the most memorable people I think that we've had on this earth in recent times in terms of what this guy has been able to accomplish just from the mind of a single human being, leveraging the intelligence, the intellect, and the experience of all of the others around him because he, like everybody else, 
can't do it alone. But he is unique. That's for darn sure. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If, if you have, please take the time to share it, download it. Please take the time to subscribe to my podcast. And, and if you feel so inclined, take the time to review. I love reading your reviews, regardless of whether they're good, bad, or ugly. I'm wishing you the very best. I look forward to seeing you next time on The Davis Bezak Show. Thanks so much. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens. Thank you.